<sighs> Welcome back, everybody. It's Monday. Happy Monday. Happy November. Oh, yes. Yep. Uh, it's officially Christmas. Yes. It's snowing as we're recording today. <laughs> yes, it is. So, yes, it is. Uh, we quit. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there's no hope left for um, We are here to recap slash review hashtag UFC Vegas 12. Uh, Dom, the start of a new week. How you feeling? Feeling good. Not as upset as I thought I was going to be, which is probably a good thing. Last yeah. night was tough for me, but I'm here ready to get rolling we got a big week ahead we got our special episode back this wednesday mm-hmm. another big fight <clears throat> night preview coming friday right and it's a new month it's time to it's time to get going it's my birth month it is your birth month <laughs> got a few more weeks before we get there but you know sagittarius season's a little bit ahead <laughs> but we'll obviously be recapping reviewing all of the main card fights that happened on saturday night but Y'all know what we gotta do first. They better know. It's time for the news. The news. There's not much. Not much. That's okay though. But as far as fight announcements, we just have official word that our main event for UFC Vegas 14 will be Islam Makachev versus Rafael Dos Anjos. This was supposed to happen on the main card for UFC 254. RDA got COVID. This fight was pushed back to November 14th. Just official. It's official now. Yes. We, we we had heard it was going to happen. We even talked about it on here. But it's officially the main event of that card. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? UFC Vegas 14 on November 14th. This is a good fight. I think it's set up for Makachev to have a coming out party. I'm shocked that they made it a main event, but I'm not opposed to it. I think uh, it's a I, good platform. I think it's definitely a good fight for a main event. I mean, I know... And a guy like RDA, who's just been a staple for well, so long. He, he's a former lightweight title holder. I mean, well, I, that guy that Dana always says, like, if you can beat RDA, you're for real. Right. Like, you're, you're good at what you do. So, it's a big challenge for Makachev. Biggest name on his resume. But, it's hard to go against any of those guys out of Dagestan. This is... This is essentially the next guy up from AKA, of course, where Habib trains at. The next guy up from Dagestan. Yeah. This is going to be their push <clears throat> to say, here is Habib's protege yeah. and the next champion. They've already been kind of doing that yeah. on Twitter. So. They've been saying, like, oh, it's the next wave yeah. of the Dagestan fighters. You know, it's it's definitely being set up like that. But RDA is no walk in the park, man. That guy's still being competitive, mm-hmm. even if he's not quite the um, – at the champion status that he was a few years ago, he's still super competitive. He'll still pull out performances like he did against Kevin Lee like a year or two ago. You just never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Islam is very unproven as of now. I mean, yeah, this is far and above his biggest challenge yeah. in the UFC. So I'm very excited for it. I think it's a good main event. It might it not is. be the most well-known main event, and it'll be interesting to see what they put underneath That's what that. I was about to say. But I, I like it. But that's really all we have for fight announcements. As yeah. for the rest, we're going to start with uh, Dana White's been saying some interesting stuff. Yeah, this is kind of all from Dana White post-fight media scrum, basically. Yeah. So, um, And I'm going to let you actually set these up because you – I've actually – like I have not listened to Dana's uh, media scrums either before the fight or post-fight for this card that happened Saturday. So you're going to know more about what he's talking about here, so I'll let you uh, set the scene. Well, the first thing's first, and it's what we touched on on Friday, but now it's official. Israel Adesanya will be moving up to the light heavyweight division, 205 pounds, and challenging Jan Blahovich as his next fight. It's interesting. I, I know we weren't super for it, but at the same time, I mean... We see the writing on the wall here. Yeah, can I lay this out here? This is, for the UFC, this is the play. They are going to do Izzy versus Jan in what I would assume February, March time frame, which was what we mentioned on Friday. If Izzy wins, it's finally time. Israel Adesanya, Jon Jones in July, International Fight Week, might go down as one of the biggest fights ever in UFC history could be even for that they're going to label it as the goat talk because at this point 
John is 26-1 and with really that loss shouldn't count. Izzy would be 21-0 if he beats Jan Blahovic with two belts. That's the play. But there's a guy standing in the way of that play, and that's Jan Blahovic. You yes, can't sleep on this guy. Look, I'm, I'm I've, saying. I've been guilty of it. Yeah, <clears throat> I've said this multiple times. This four-fight streak he's been on, I have counted him out every step of the way. Literally thought he was going to lose the Rockhold. Thought he was going to lose the Jockery. Thought he was going to lose to Corey Anderson. Then I thought he was going to lose to Dominic Reyes. Right now, I think he's going to lose to Israel Adesanya. But you can't. The guy, look at that performance he put on against Dominic Reyes. A guy who had made John Jones look so vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Polish power is for real. He's in his stride right now, 37. Again, some people just hit their primes at different points in their careers. Yeah, it's true. Again, what you always say, the fight years um, over the actual age that they are. So, Jan is no cakewalk for Izzy. No. Especially, especially considering we've never seen Izzy at 205. No, and Jan is going to be the bigger guy. He will be considerably larger. Which is not good. I mean, I know Izzy's always been a skinnier guy, even at middleweight. But that was at middleweight, and now he's moving up 20 pounds. Yeah. Where he was already a skinnier guy at his division. Now he's moving up to a bigger. Yeah, guy. I'd imagine 205 is about as heavy as he walks around <coughs> on a day to day. I oh, yeah. can't imagine he gets any heavier than that. So. Yeah, I, I would I would say he's going to be cutting next to nothing. Yeah, here. yeah. This is very interesting, and like I said, that's kind of the play I think they're going for here from the UFC standpoint. And if you're Jan, you're probably thinking, all right, let's let's shut this shit down right yeah, here. Let's go. So, again, we mentioned that we weren't all for it on Friday, but now that it's basically been confirmed by Dana, sign me up. <laughs> well, what's funny is I think um, once I really thought about it more, kind of after we recorded, like why I wasn't super on board with it, it's less because of Izzy. Like I think Izzy has earned the right to do that, um, you know, because right now the – the guy is staring at him at middleweight is Robert Whitaker, who he Which is a starts the yeah. year ago. But for Jan, he hasn't defended the belt. That's where I was trying. Well, and I think that if Tiago Santos or Glover Teixeira, whichever one wins this coming Saturday, mm-hmm. I feel like they more than earned a title shot. Yeah. But, you know, it's not looking like they'll be getting one anytime soon, which it sucks, but it it's... And I think it is. was... Uh, Brett Okamoto, we love some Brett yeah, uh, from ESPN. He asked then, where would that leave Izzy in terms of being a middleweight champ, but he's going up, and what if he wins two belts? Dana basically said, you know, Izzy's a guy that wants to stay active and fight a lot, so he doesn't see a reason why he can't do both kind of thing. They but say, they that's say a, this every time. There's only been one person, essentially, that's done it back and forth, back and forth, and that's Amanda. Henry did it, but... Not at the same time, you know what I mean? I mean I feel Amanda like Daniel is the Cormier, person. I don't even think Henry did a Daniel. Cormier. He defended both, and DC did it both. But at the same time, it's only been Amanda, yeah. and that's only a ten pound difference. This yeah. is twenty pounds. Yeah, I'm. Can you really go back and forth like that? I mean, maybe he can, and I, I, I don't doubt that Izzy wants to stay active. But Dana said the same thing about Connor when he won his second belt. Yeah, like I think, I just don't think it's gonna happen that way. But that leaves an interesting dilemma at middleweight if we're looking at a vacant title here soon. Um, Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa, anybody? I mean, <laughs> as bad as Costa looked against Izzy, I guess it would be that, right? Unless unless I mean, Jack Hermanson beats Till well, convincingly. Sorry, yeah, that's that's definitely got to put. But up. then you got to think if Till beats Hermanson, then it's like, wait, we just saw Till and Robert. Yeah, it's like the middleweight division is full of rematches all over the yeah. place. We'll talk about that later when we pre or recap the show here. But yeah, that's it's a huge fight. I'm not opposed again, and now that it's official, it's just like, well, Let's get we're gonna for it. we're gonna have a hell of a preview next yeah. year. Yeah, true. Uh, moving on from there, uh, I'll let you continue because again, this is yeah more of the same. It was honestly just a bunch of questions last night in the post fight press conference. Uh, he was asked about Connor and Dustin Poirier. There's not much here. We know this has been in the works. He have, he basically just said it's all but done to his knowledge. Just no official date or location. But so the it's, fight it's itself happening. is done, and it's going to be at 155 pounds. 
Good. Which, thank God. If that That's would have happened at 170, I would have been very upset. Yeah. I they would have made I, literal zero sense. I'm glad to hear that it's it's pretty much done because I've been super pessimistic about it happening. The problem is there's so many um, like big fights that are on the horizon here in this early 21 time frame. So it's like, what's going to be the main event where? Because we've, we've heard about Stipe versus Francis. Now we've got Izzy versus Jan. We've got Connor versus Dustin. We have Jorge versus Colby still in the works, but it's been really quiet lately. Right. It, <clears throat> I don't know what's going to happen at the beginning of 2021, but I'm excited. Volkanovski versus Ortega. Yeah, that's going to be around that time frame too, I'd have to imagine. So so much just – there's so many big fights that can be put in those first three months. Yeah, early 2021 is going to be big, I think. Yeah. The problem is, is Connor is obviously going to be a main event. That exactly, you're not, not going to put any title fights underneath them. Apparently, yeah. So that takes one month, exactly. no title fights. So then you got the next two months where you got all these fights. I don't. That's why I don't think Colby and Jorge will be a main event. Yeah. Because I just don't think that if if they want to do it in that time frame, like there's no way because you have all these title holders that need fights. I think they need to do. That we're going off on a tangent here. This is all, again, related to Connor Dustin. Connor Dustin headline a pay-per-view co-main by Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson. Yeah, that would definitely that's, be, that'd be big. That's absolute just fireworks yeah. there. And the other question here, because there's another point, uh, which I, I'll, I'll introduce here. Um, oh, yeah. Dana <laughs> said, even though Habib had that very heartfelt, emotional uh, victory at UFC 254 where he announced his retirement from MMA. Um, Dana says that he feels very confident that Habib will return to go 30-0. and 0. Yeah. Said he thought that Habib was speaking um, out of emotion uh, and basically confirmed that the lightweight belt is not vacated. Yeah, it's not vacated just yet. He I... said Habib's going to talk to his mother. So. <laughs> yeah. I... Here's my thing. If Habib comes back, I don't see it being a... Um, There's one fight for me. Is GSP. Yeah. I think that's probably what is being planned to happen. And some sort of just super fight at a catchweight. So I don't think... Uh, so I think either way, this lightweight belt will be vacated. Yeah, I do believe so. Now, Dana said they don't plan on vacating it anytime soon or having any, any interim title fights, but... I think they're just leaving Habib as champ until we hear. Yeah, from I just him I just think they're all. trying not to plan for something until it's like official. Yeah. Um, but that that does raise the question because you know that they would want they would love to do the Conor versus Dustin fight for a vacant title. That would be the easiest thing for the UFC to do. But will they commit to that by that? Yeah, we've got January twenty two and a half months or yeah over two and a half months. So who knows? I. As much as I love the Conor Dustin fight, I hope it's not for a vacant belt, but it's the easiest thing for the UFC to do because we know they don't like to do the tournament-style things. We'll see what happens. The lightweight division <clears throat> has even more question marks now than it ever really has before. This division's un- insane. Well, I thought we were finally getting somewhere. <laughs> Once Habib announced his retirement, I thought it was pretty clear that there's like a six, seven-man race right yeah. now. But... Now Dana's like kind of muddy in the waters, but yeah. being like, no, Habib's not retired, or he he thinks he'll come back. Or if he whatever. comes back, it doesn't need to be against anybody at lightweight. There's nothing else. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that there's some hope that they'll do that. He'll do the Connor rematch. I don't know if that's really what's in the cards here. It's hard to say. GSP is interested. I think he really is yeah. deep down. He he wants it. He wants it. One hundred sixty-five. I, well, I, I, I have a feeling, though, that if Dana's able to get that kind of commitment from Habib, that means that whatever fight he's planning to do to go thirty and zero is probably already all but confirmed. Mm-hmm. It's just it's backroom dealings. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's interesting. Oh yeah. Oh but yeah. That is the end of. Oh, I guess there's one more thing. I forgot to put it on okay, here. Go ahead. It oh, tough. Oh, have yeah, to yeah, mention yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. This Sorry, is huge. Yeah, yeah. I totally forgot to put it on the no, 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 you're news. Good. So uh, we in during the broadcast yes. Saturday night, it was awesome. Yeah, they they had a little uh, little video, a yeah. little trailer announcing that the Ultimate Fighter is going to be coming back on ESPN Plus, 
in March of 2021. Yes. Season the, 29. The two divisions being showcased being Bantamweight, men's Bantamweight, and men's uh, middleweight. Yes. So, no coaches were announced. Correct. What are your thoughts, Dom? This is big, uh, especially now that they're on ESPN. It's, I think, even bigger, even though it is ESPN+. Plus. Um, it's a big platform. This is a show that's been a staple for the UFC for so long. It's been a couple years since we've seen a season, so now that they're able to bounce back and get going here. Um, I saw they put the uh, listing last night on the broadcast. Uh, the auditions, or not auditions, but like for fighters to apply to be on is open until November 13th. So it's a two-week window to get their fighters applied for. So I imagine they start uh, sometime in December or January, and episodes start in March. I'm so excited. It's For anyone who's never seen The Ultimate Fighter, you're in for a good treat. It's very fun. Um, Yeah, I, I, I won't disagree with that. I, I think that the problem... So The Ultimate Fighter was is a huge staple of the UFC. It's... In a lot of ways, it saved their entire brand. Um, what, you know, we've talked about that in detail in other episodes. But I think that the format, while at one time was very popular, you know, that reality show competition format, um, I, I think in today's television, it's not quite as, uh, at least if they bring it back in the same Way. Well, I think that's why I think this long break helps a little bit with that kind of played out factor. Well, too. I just hope that they change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just think that if it's the same kind of format, I'm going to get tired of it pretty quick. It'll be interesting to see how they do it too, because they're going to be filming this during the pandemic. Yeah. So I wonder how all that's going to work. Yeah, it'll be it, it'll it'll definitely have its twist compared to I think older seasons. So. <laughs> But I'm very excited to see who the coaches. We're are. excited that it's happening because our whole plan here is in March. Once this show is brought back, um, our Wednesday episodes are going to be during that time frame reviews and recaps yes. of the Ultimate Fighter episodes. Yeah, our special episodes during that time will be the recaps of those yeah. episodes. We don't know what days the show will be airing yet, but uh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I so. think it's going to be something different. It'll give us a big gap to take it easy on our big list of special episodes, but still bring three episodes a week. Yeah. Because these are going to be weekly that happen, so it's going to give us multiple weeks where we still have three episodes. It's going to be fun. Uh, I agree. Just break down each episode, what happened, the takeaways. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Dig into it. Agreed. Should be a good time. That's that, all. That is the <laughs> end of the news. The news. And we move on to our recap slash review. Of UFC Vegas, world, uh, headlined by Anderson Silva in his final fight, we assume. I hope uh, against Uriah Hall. I'll just break down the results of the main card, and then we'll start back at the top. So our first fight of the main card, lightweight action, Tiago Moises getting the uh, I would say somewhat of an upset victory, a unanimous decision win over Bobby King Green. Then our second fight, Kevin Holland getting that just nasty-looking TKO win over Charlie Ontiveros, the verbal submission. Ontiveros being kind of slammed on his neck. Yes, something happened with his neck. Uh, That was in the first round. Then we had Greg Hardy getting a big TKO win in the second round over Maurice Green. Kind of a sloppy fight there, but I predicted it correct, so, you know, I'm happy. (laughs) Our co-main event, Bryce Mitchell getting a unanimous decision win over Andre Feely. And the camo shorts. And the camo shorts. And then our, our main event, Uriah Hall did take out the spider, Anderson Silva, via TKO in the fourth round. Nearly finished it at the end of the third yeah. round. That was kind of when it... That's when the tide The wheels fell yeah. off a little bit. But we'll start back from the top. Tiago Moises versus Bobby Green. Dom, break it down. What happened? This was uh, the most uh, competitive, closest fight, I guess, of the night. Uh, I mean, the main event was pretty close, but then it obviously ended in the finish. So this was a very good fight, very back and forth. Both had their moments. Um, Tiago's known as a jiu-jitsu guy, but actually looked pretty comfortable on the feet. 
Um, he did get Bobby to the ground occasionally, but never got anything going. But uh, I had him up 1-0 at the end of that first round. Uh, going into the second, it was much of the same. Bobby escaped uh, a heel hook that he was Tiago was working for like a minute, it seemed, and he never got it locked in. Bobby looked comfortable on the ground, so they kind of were comfortable in both of their opposite realms. Right. Bobby's that striker, and Tiago's a BJJ, but both look comfortable on the feet and ground, vice versa. Uh, the second round was insanely close it could have went either way uh so much so i actually scored it 10 10 on verdict mm. because it was just so tight uh and then i even read another point here the fight was literally so hard to score it was back and forth uh the third round tiago had about a minute of ground control but outside of that it was up on the feet and uh bobby i felt got the better of the exchanges on the feet i don't really remember what my scorecard said. It was literally insanely close, but Tiago did get it 29-28 on all three judges' scorecards. Unanimous decision. Um, verdict. I, I'm going to bring verdict up all the time now in this episode. We need to work with verdict. Um, if you don't know, that's an app where you can basically score cards live, and they take all the global data from people that score, and then they announce it after fights. Uh, this fight was so close, and on verdict, Bobby Green actually won the scorecards. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that doesn't matter. It's the judges' scorecards that matter the most. Great fight. I wouldn't have been surprised if Bobby had gotten the decision, and I wasn't surprised that Tiago got it either. Very good fight. Very entertaining. Yeah. To start the night off, too. Yeah, was that the fight of the night for you? <sighs> yeah. Uh, no, I think Bryce and Andre yeah, Feely was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I was definitely disappointed for Bobby, for him to not be able to get that big win that likely would have meant top 15 next. But Tiago showed quite a bit, man. He he definitely showed that he was more game than I think maybe I was giving him credit for going in here. That's two big names in a row for him, too. Michael Johnson was his last one, now Bobby Green. I still don't think what I saw of him, I don't think he's ready for top 15 yet. I think he still needs one more. But... He does have the talent. He's only 25 years old. He is. I will say Bobby was out. Bobby outstruck him three to one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like 90 to 30 total strikes, significant strikes. Um, not that that matters because Moises definitely had the edge when it came to the ground. But and that's not you know it, it's a round by round basis. So yeah, and Bobby had like the higher <clears throat> output too. And I, but I felt the judges felt uh, the bigger, like more significant shots Tiago yeah. got. So it's just weird. It's it's all it comes down to who's scoring the fight that night. Really. Yeah, I mean, I I had Bobby winning, but under I I didn't think it was a robbery. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it was so close, so close. And you know, it's a it's a tough one for Bobby, but uh, I'm sure he'll be back. And for Tiago, that's the biggest one of his career. Yeah. So you definitely think that. He's close to that. That he's he's right there. Yeah, but I, I will say I think he does need at least one more before mm-hmm. we're talking top fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Moving on from there, we got Kevin Holland, Charlie Ontiveros. Not too long of a fight here, only two and a half minutes. But what was your takeaways here? I do want to give a shout out to Charlie for taking this fight on sh- such short notice. Three days, yeah. three days notice. UFC debut on the main card of a huge ESPN fight night. Kevin Holland's good, man. He's I, good. He's very good. Charlie had no answers. It was complete domination from start to finish. Kevin ultimately gets this slam. Um, and during the slam, I guess Charlie felt something pop in his neck, so he verbally submitted to the ref two minutes, 39 seconds into round one. Kevin Holland, with that win last night, becomes the first person in 2020 with four wins, and he undoubtedly will fight for a fifth time before the year's up, in my opinion. Um, and he now has the second longest win streak in the middleweight division right now, which is very interesting. So um, I'm intrigued. After the fight ended, he had a little bit of beef with Israel Adesanya. <laughs> Israel was in the audience because he's there for uh, his teammate to coach on the Contender Series next week. I uh, thought it was rather strange, but apparently there's some beef there that none of us really knew about until last night. But Kevin... I think it's just uh, two guys jawing at each other. Yeah. It's it's not close right now. That fight is still very long ways away <laughs> yeah, if that yeah, were to yeah, ever happen. Just... Uh, for Kevin, I want him to fight Mike Perry on November 21st because we know Robbie Lawler fell out and Kevin didn't even get touched in this fight. 
But Mike Perry came out with an Instagram video, I think, and said that Tim Means picked up the fight to fight him instead. Maybe they can scratch that real quick and go back to Kevin Holland. I think Holland versus Perry is absolute fireworks. I do. But regardless, <clears throat> Holland's, I think, ready for the top 15, but will probably have another fight. Yeah, before he's he just so active him. right now yeah. that it's like it's hard to find him that entryway to the top 15. I do think a fight with Ian Heinish would make a lot of sense. I was about to say the same thing. Ian's actually fighting this coming Saturday. Yeah. And I think if Ian were to win, that would be a really good fight to yeah. make. So I like that matchup, but Holland versus Perry is definitely... Uh, yeah, that's fun. I actually wouldn't mind seeing Holland rematch um, Darren Stewart either. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they kept saying they would run it back. That fight was so close. Very I mean, good Holland fight. didn't think he won. Yeah, yeah. And he even told Darren you'd get, let him run it back. So I wouldn't mind seeing that fight again in, what, a couple weeks? Mm-hmm. Uh, so interesting. But, yeah, shout out to Charlie, man. That's that's a tough loss to take. I, I, I feel like the UFC will give him another chance. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, he didn't really have a ton of time to show much. Yeah. But, you know, three days notice, the guy showed he was game. Um, and not like he jo- came in on an easy fight either. I mean, Kevin Holland's legit. Yeah, he's so. a beast. <clears throat> But yeah, I, I had a lot of respect for uh, Aunt Taveras for taking that one. I saw uh, Israel actually posted a picture of him at the hotel <clears throat> yeah, he did. or something Yeah, he earned, night, he earned so the chance cool. respect. Yeah. So. Very cool. Yeah, it was good to see that he's okay, too. Like, you know, yeah. Whatever had happened, it, it wasn't too bad, I guess. But with that, we moved to our uh, Sloppy Joe fight of the evening. <laughs> I, I, this fight, I don't think I could have predicted any better than I did. You did do well. Greg Hardy getting that second round TK over Maurice Green. What were your thoughts here? Um, <laughs> I mean, sloppy Joe fight of the evening. Greg had decent groundwork. He dropped Maurice in the first round early on and kind of pounced on him and laid on top of him for a while. Done a lot of hammer fists. Yeah, lots sloppy of, hammer fists. Yeah, but. Um, he dominated the whole first round there. But after they got back up to their feet, nothing really happened. Then in the second round, Green got dropped by – it wasn't – I mean, any shot that lands by a heavyweight's going to hurt, but it wasn't anything too crazy. Uh, dropped him, Hardy went in for the finish. Green contested the stoppage, but he kept getting punched, so it's like uh, I was fine with it. Yeah. It wasn't a great fight anyway, but it was a minute, 12 seconds in round two. TKO for Greg Hardy. I don't know. Let me, let me, like, let's start by talking about the, the fight week, the lead up. Yeah. So, Greg Hardy, man, he's, okay, first he comes into the UFC, and it's already a controversial thing, because there is some stuff with him outside the octagon. Don't want to get into it too much, because I don't think me or you know Mm -hmm. enough about it, but let's just say it's enough to where you have to question his character. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, it's controversial that the UFC brought him in, Um, he has not made it easy on himself either. His debut was on the very first ESPN plus card. That was the one headlined by Dillashaw and Cejudo gets DQ'd hits that illegal knee to a downed opponent. I believe that was Alan. And they put him on the main card too. Yeah. uh, I don't think he's never not been on the main card. I think. Yeah. So he gets DQ'd there. You know, that's disappointing. It was his debut. I think it was his professional debut, too. Well, he had been on the Contender Series twice oh, yeah, that's right, that's and got right. the yeah, easy yeah, wins yeah, there. Yeah, but yeah, he was. Um, but it was his debut as far right. as, like, yeah. on, in, for the UFC. Then you, he had another win that got overturned later on because he used an inhaler. Yeah. Now his corner claims that they asked the ref or someone from the commission, yeah. and they allowed it. But whatever happened there, it wasn't supposed to be allowed because you can't yeah. use an inhaler. That was the first time I had ever seen anybody using any other during a fight. So he gets reversed back to a no contest. And then this week, um, he fights a heavyweight. Heavyweight goes from 206 pounds to, or 200, whatever. Two, two, well, yeah. it, you know, 206, let's say it, 206. To 265. Yes. Big, you got a lot of room to yeah. work with. He weighed in at 266.5 pounds. He, he missed was, weight for heavyweight. Yeah. you're And you're actually allowed to weigh in at 266, one pound over if it's not a title fight. And yeah. he still missed that. Granted, so, he 
did yeah. make it. So you, you can weigh in twice. Yeah, right. It, it, there's like a time. You frame. get an extra hour, I think, if you miss or there's, something. There's a certain amount of time that the weigh-ins go on for. Yeah. I don't know how much time it is exactly, but I believe if you weigh in early enough, you can get more time to weigh in again. But yeah, he was given an hour, weighed in at like two hundred sixty-four point five pounds. But if he would have missed again, he would have been the first, the first ever, first ever UFC. Uh, heavyweight to miss weight yeah so it's that just, happened leading in <laughs> if you all can't tell these are just these things are piling up for him <laughs> to where it's like okay is it really worth it to even keep this guy around because there's just there's some disconnect <laughs> yeah like he's just i don't know if he's, he's just not getting it <laughs> there are aspects to his skill set that have improved since that fight way back. he showed me but... a lot with the volkov fight Right. A fight he took on late notice. That's probably his best performance overall. A fight he, he didn't take a ton of damage in that fight, and yeah. he held his own. The biggest problem is his gas tank. Yeah. It's not good. No. Um, he, there was a lot of jokes being made. I mean, and we're talking about a guy that used to play in the NFL. So it's kind of surprising. At a high level. And mind. I know that this sort of cardio in MMA is way different than all the other sports, but it's just a little surprising, I guess. He trains with very great coaches he was once at att now he changed over he's with rashad evans so he has all these great cornermen the the athleticism and tools are there it's just like can they put it all together yeah i don't really know he's seven and two now he's getting to the point where he has to fight top 15 but i feel like if he were to fight them he can't win most of those fights i i don't know all you got to do is you throw him in, you test him, and see what he can do. I yeah, suppose. I mean, I guess he showed enough in that Volkov fight to where, like, right now you probably... I mean, he has to, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to act like I'm shitting on him. I mean, he showed some things, or, but what it's coming off to me is... What if he fights a guy like um, Ty Tuivasa? That's... Sort of makes sense. Yeah, or uh, Blagoy. Yeah, just Ivanov. something... I, I don't know. I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted no, it's, you. No, um, it's... It's tough to really know where he's at. Because <laughs> what it's really coming off to me as is this is a guy with unparalleled athletic ability. Yeah. But he has the technique of someone who's only been doing MMA for a couple, a couple years. years. yeah. You know, you saw a guy like CM Punk yeah. who came in with no MMA background and he That's was awful. <laughs> yeah. But he also has nowhere near the athletic ability. No, that's not someone. even close. So that's why you're seeing... I think Greg Hardy do so well. He's mm-hmm. kind of getting by on that, but when you have to start to depend on that, more of that uh, technique and I guess fight IQ, I think he's just gonna always like how how far does he want to take this thing? Yeah, essentially, he's still relatively young. It's I mean, just, uh, I will say I respect that he seems to recognize that he's not. Yeah, he does. Like that he is said, very true. He said he thought he's he's not been happy with yeah. his career so far. I can respect that. That he that he does recognize that like he he still has a lot of work to do, but even in this fight I didn't see it. I mean yes he finished the fight like all the respect yeah. there, but I still didn't see enough to where it made me go oh this is a different fighter now. Yeah, and that's kind of what he kept was leading into. That's what we were gonna see. So yeah. I think a fight actually the more I think about it, him and Tai Tuivasa makes a lot of sense. Neither one are ranked. Ty just came back after a three-fight skid and beat Stefan Struve. Yeah. TKO. Greg Hardy's a TKO machine, it seems like. I think that's a good fight. They fight each other, and then it's on to the top the 15. The winner of that one, top yeah. 15. I think that would be cool. I like that. And That would be a big lo- fight, too. It would be a very big fight. It, that considering be, where their placements are. That would be like a fight night coming. Tui Voss is very popular, especially yeah. from that Australian market. Yeah. And then you got Greg Hardy, who is at least it's people, people want to watch him lose. Yeah. But, yeah, I wish we had more to say positively about that fight. Because overall, I mean, he, he he won the fight. It's just he didn't look great. And for Maurice Green, I mean, I didn't see anything out of him. And this is a guy who he fought uh, Alexi Olenek uh, yeah. just maybe two years ago. Yeah, six foot seven, big guy, long reach, long limbs, but just didn't really show just, much. It showed, like, whenever he was being hit with power shots, he couldn't really take it. Mm-hmm. Never really showed much offense on his own. I think he's nine and five now. His defense wasn't even very good. I mean, once he was being dropped, it's not like he was really defending himself very well. And then he was trying to contest a stoppage. It's like I don't know, man. I just didn't see a lot out of him. Yeah, the fight was 
You did call it well. Sloppy Joe fight of the night. Yeah, it was just one of those fights. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but with that, we'll move to a better fight here. Yeah, a very take, technical fight. Our yeah. co-main event. This was the fight of the night, I think. I think for myself, yes. Yeah, and I would agree. Yeah. We both predicted that as well. Yeah. Bryce Mitchell does get the unanimous decision win over Andre Feely. 29-28 on one scorecard, 30-27 on the other two. What were your takeaways here? Bryce, I feel like there's a lot to talk about. Dude, Bryce Mitchell is He's, he's good, dude. Yeah. His grappling's next level yeah. for that division. It really Because we're talking about a guy in Feely that is an incredible wrestler that trains with all those guys at Alpha Male. They're known for being great wrestlers, and he didn't have the answers. Bryce is very good, and his stand-up was significantly improved, I thought, from his last fight. He was doing some side-body kicks. He was throwing question mark kicks and axe kicks. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. They weren't all landing, but the side-body kick was actually relatively The, the output was promising. Yeah, he landed a couple with his hands as well. Feely did still have the advantage on the feet, but there wasn't a point where Bryce felt uncomfortable or like got hurt. Um, he's an absolute machine on the ground. His just cardio is relentless. He's relentless. I actually scored at 10-8 in the round three. Really? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was – he had uh, over four minutes of control time, landed a lot of offense that round because rounds one and two he kept going for a submission. So he would kind of – I don't want to say he was just laying on top of Feely, but he was working that positioning. It would just slow down. Now. Yeah, so he wasn't landing a lot of strikes. Round three he was just letting it letting it loose. Yeah. So I scored at a 10-8. Uh, he had seven takedowns in nine minutes and 34 seconds of control time. Oh, that yeah. was a personal record seven takedowns, by the way. Um, he won 29-28 on one scorecard, 30-27 on the other two, unanimous decision. He now has the third longest win streak at featherweight. There's two fights. Two fights. Number one, Sadiq Yusuf, because I love Sadiq, and I think that's a striker, grappler, 11-1 versus 13, or 14-0, or 14-1. I don't know what the hell if he has a loss or not, but either way. <laughs> Option two, mm-hmm. Ryan Hall. That, that, was that fight's insane. Yeah. If we're talking technical on the ground with submissions and grappling, him versus Ryan Hall is insane. Yeah, I mean, all props to Andre Feely for yeah. taking this fight. This is definitely – that's a guy who just – Feely's still right Feely, there. Feely's He's right there. Right he, there. But he always, like, he always seems – he doesn't really um, – like he loses to a lot of really good competition. And, I mean, I know that's disappointing for him. Because he trains with Alpha Male. Like, he's definitely got the team behind him. He's got the talent. I think he, you know, a lot of these guys, they'll take fights that, you know, appeal to their style mm-hmm. where they can, like, have an advantage of some sorts. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't do that. He just takes whatever fight's given to him. Yeah. So you got to respect him, but you wonder if it kind of hurts his uh, growth, his ability to get to that top 15 at yeah. the same time. For Bryce, yeah, I mean, he was showing me more on the feet than he, than, I had seen previously, but it was more the output rather than the actual effectiveness. Just relentless, yeah. dude. But his ground game is just another level. Oh, you f- tell he had Feely just guessing the yeah. whole time. So he's ranked 15th right now. Um, Ryan Hall is definitely a fight that is in my <laughs> right there in my brain where I'm like, you're talking about ground game those are the two best ground guys in that entire division yeah so <clears throat> the only other fight that uh you know yusuf would be fun too don't get me wrong those are two guys on the on the come up right now you like but burgos I, don't you mm-mm. oh i thought sorry um edson barboza oh really you think so if you want to if you really want to test bryce mitchell <laughs> that is because here's my thing with bryce mitchell I love the guy. I love his attitude. I love his personality. I love his like his ground game. He's a wizard on the ground. And camo shorts. Yes. <laughs> but I question if if he is not able to show a complete game. What I mean by that is his stand up. How what truly is his ceiling in the division? And Edson will be the one to test that. And Edson right. is a guy who has had a. A, a you know a tougher go of things, but he just had a big win a couple weeks ago against Maklan Amir Khani. He's ranked 14th, right in front of Mitchell. That's a guy who's fought like everybody. Barboza. Mm-hmm. Barboza is a terrifying striker. Test him. 
Yeah, ideally, I'd like to see Edson get Sadiq because that was originally scheduled. Then Bryce versus Hall, and we're all happy. Yeah, right. But regardless, any of those matchups is fantastic. Yeah, I just I need to see Mitchell tested on the feet. And, and it's if another I want, veteran. If I want Mitchell tested on the feet, maybe I need him to go up against someone who can stop the takedowns. Mm-hmm. So maybe someone like Dan Ige even, or Shane Burgess. Well, and surprisingly, I think Barbosa did incredible against um, what uh, Malkani. Is that how you say his last Amir name? Amir Khani. Because um, he's known as an incredible wrestler, and he didn't get taken down once in that That's fight. That's true. So That's true. If we're talking the veteran experience, incredible striker, and can have good takedown <clears throat> defense, Barbosa is a very good matchup. I guess it's more so for Barbosa. How, because I know he said he wants to challenge like yeah. top 10 where I was like Ugh. but it's Edson at the same time so he's put his like, he's put his licks in yeah, yeah. so it's just, I think it's more I think Bryce would take it will Edson take it right. maybe but it is a great fight I actually like that idea and now we move on to the main event Uriah Hall Anderson Silva I'll just start this one by saying because I know you're going to have a lot to say here mm-hmm. my takeaway from this fight Anderson Silva looked very good early on. He did. He even probably won a round. But it just appeared that the the moment that he was hit clean, yeah, yeah, everything you, just slowed down. I, I knew it was literally eight seconds left in that third round, and that was his best round. He was going to be up two one, yeah, arguably three zero. The second round was really close, but he, he the third round was definitely his best round. It looked great. And he got clipped with like eight seconds left. It's almost and like as soon as that happened, I knew he was. He got lose. too almost too comfortable, started lunging in a yeah, little bit. Yeah. As soon as he got dropped in that round, he even just if, wasn't the even same. though it didn't get finished in the third, I knew it was going to be over. Yeah. And Uriah is the kind of striker where it doesn't take too many. Yeah. So he ultimately TKOs Anderson in the fourth round. I, I will say that despite Uriah getting a huge win for him, it it didn't. Uh, you know, Dana had a lot of negative things yeah. to say about that, which surprised me. I felt me. bad for Uriah, yeah. to be honest. I mean, I think it's a tough it's a tough sell for Uriah here. He's going up against someone who is like his a, idol. Hero, a hero of his. Yeah, he broke down in tears after the fight. I mean, that was tough. I mean, what pisses me off is you didn't hear anybody say shit to, to Israel Adesanya when he couldn't finish Anderson Silva. Yeah, but Uriah finished him and gets... And what, because tough. he lost a round or two? Like, yeah. you're going to act like he's... Not yeah, shit. Like I don't, I yeah. just don't know if I agree with that. Uh, and we're big fans of Dana, but he, yeah, he was not happy with yeah. Uriah. Uh, he again, I mean, I'm not saying well, he, he said didn't he re- do much. He said he regretted giving Silva the fight. Well, he regretted having Silva fight at all. I think that was more of an Anderson thing. Yeah. Um, Uriah didn't do much, but. I think a lot of it is he's just such a technical guy. He's just a little gun shy, and he's no, in his losses especially, he's known to be that way. Uh, Dana kept hammering two home last night in the press conference, like they need to get him to put output. Yeah, um, he was he was very against that second round. They both landed, I think, eleven total strikes each. Um. I, I feel bad for Uriah because I think this was already a tough task for him. He didn't want to have to be the one to do this to yeah, Anderson. I know. Um, but he was in a main event slot. He's ranked 10th. He has the talent. I think, again, <clears throat> Uriah talked about this all fight week. Right now it's more mental for him. He has to get his mind right. And we're seeing this with like Tyron Woodley right now. He won't let his hands go. We've seen this with fighters. Rashad Evans even touched on it with him late in his career. It's the mental thing right now, and if Uriah can overcome that, he's still right there. He's ranked 10th. Like, he's 36. He can still make a run. And I think a fight, again, we may never see him and Izzy, but I, on paper, that's a pretty fun fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going here, Uriah Hall rematches Kelvin Gastelum, who's ranked 8th. He's coming off a couple losses now in a row. That's a rematch from way back at the Ultimate Fighter finale that Kelvin won via split decision. I think at both points of their careers right now, it makes sense. Kelvin's on the downslope and needs a win. Uriah's kind of catapulted himself up there one final time <laughs> right. into those contenders. It makes sense for both guys. That's the number one fight for me. There's 
obviously more guys here like Brunson and Weidman, but Kelvin's the one I think would be most interesting. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not opposed to it at all. Um, I Uriah, I felt bad for him because he's had a tough go of things this year. He's yeah, had two big fights for him that yeah, huge were, names, man. Um, both of them dropping out due to getting COVID. First one being Jacare, that was at UFC 249. Big deal with that because Jacare tested positive. That was the first like athlete to at finish. the hotel. But then he was scheduled to headline a fight night against Yoel Romero. Yep. Yoel tested positive. Ultimately, that's going to be the person I pick for him next. I'm going to say Yoel. That makes sense. Just because it was originally booked. Yeah. And, you know, Yoel's ranked fifth. Oh, yeah. If he were to beat Yoel, he's right up in the mix. So I'm ready to kind of push him even faster. I know you're right. Like, I know. He, he didn't show. I mean, it's not like he looked bad. He finished Anderson Silva. But it's a, with Silva, man, it's so hard to it's, pinpoint. I don't where, care where, how old the guy is. That's only the second time he's ever been finished with punches. Yeah. That's still saying something. Yeah. I don't care if he's 45 or 25. Right. That put Uriah, by the way, he's tied now for third most KOTKOs in middleweight history with seven. But Dana seemed to have such a bad taste in his mouth. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to make Uriah fight someone like... It was odd. Edmund Shabazian or Martin And maybe Tory. it was just emotions flying high. He felt bad because Anderson got finished, and I don't know. Um, but and then for <clears throat> Anderson, like, that's it. This is it. Stop. You don't need... There's nothing else to prove. Yeah. This is it until... He's definitely done in the UFC. That's 100% fact. But he needs to go nowhere else. This is it. This is it until the end of 2021 when he's headlining a (laughs) 1FC card against Vitor Belfort. Please no. Please no. He's got two sons on the come up now that are fighters. Maybe we see another Silva one day in the UFC. You know? With a belt. What lineage? That would be insane, wouldn't it? But it was a it wasn't a bad fight by any means. No, it it was the typical Anderson. He yeah. was doing the yeah, with his hands. Crazy and shit. Yeah. He was landing shots on Uriah, uh, good body kicks, leg kicks. He was going up and down everywhere. Yeah, it really looked like Anderson had the better output. Yeah, man. Uriah was definitely uh, what's the word? Um, Way can more conservative. Yeah, he was just very slow to the punch. Mm-hmm. Just seemed like he the whole went, fight felt like a feeling out. It felt like fight. he really didn't want to hurt Anderson Silva. Yeah, and I'm and then of course the moment he threw something, yeah, it hurt him. And it's yeah. like, uh, you know, to me that just shows that like this is it for Silva. Like, you're yeah, fine. even though Anderson's never gotten hit much, so his chin never took much damage. He's 45, so like, I don't think at this point it matters how many shots you've yeah. taken. It's not going to take much to put you down. Yeah, and that's the end of yeah. an era. Yeah. That's one of the last OGs, my friend. We closed the book on hashtag UFC Vegas twelve. We also closed the book on Anderson Silva's career. Yep. The one and only time we get to talk about him. I hope least. it better be the one and only time. <laughs> yeah. Until he's headlining a one FC <laughs> card one of these days. I'm just gonna say, you know, he's the reason that I'm even sitting at this studio doing a podcast right yeah. now. Yeah. If it wasn't for him, <clears throat> I who knows if I'd even be a fan of the UFC or MMA at all. But that was the guy. Like Chuck Liddell introduced me to it. We turn on the TV and there's this guy named Chuck Liddell, you know, back in 0405. When Anderson came in in 2006, that was it. That was that was it. I saw this guy and was literally mesmerized by what I was witnessing on the TV. He looked like a superhero. Yeah. So, well said. Thank you Anderson Silva. Yeah. But Dom as since we have closed the book for the rest of the week. Yes. Lay it out. Wednesday, special episode time. <laughs> we made y'all wait a week later than we wanted to. Ooh. Hey, it hurt us too. Yeah, it trust hurt me. us too. Who's next? Oh. Part two, the lightweight division. Hell. We are going one through 15. Yeah. Plus an unranked guy. Yeah. Who's it going to be? Uh, it's probably going to be Michael Chandler. But we'll... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and we're going to basically break down who is these guys' next matchup. Who should it be? This is There's gonna... no champ. Well, we are going to be operating, I think, as if there is no champion, right? Are we really going to? Ooh, that's a good question. I think that's something for us to decide on our own. Fair enough. So <laughs> we're going to be breaking down who should be next for each guy in this division. Oh, 
And this is a division that's so interesting. It's the best division that the UFC has to offer right now, and it's became so much more interesting and dramatic over these last couple months. So much to talk about. Oh, yeah. That's coming to you on Wednesday. Who's oh, yeah. next? Part two. Friday. You know I'm excited about this one. Oh, I know. We've This is a long time coming. Previewing hashtag UFC Vegas 13. Yes. Tiago yes. Santos. Yes. My boy. Yes. Is back in action. Yes. Headlining against an ageless wonder known as Glover Teixeira. 40 years old and looks better now than arguably ever has before. <laughs> it's wild. One fight away from a title shot, and then Izzy. Anyways. We'll be breaking down that entire main card. Another really good fight night. Yeah. They showed the card last night. I'm like, okay, damn. Yeah. You so, just said Ian Heinish is on yeah, the top 15. That's the opening night, or opening fight yeah. of the night yeah, for main so, card. Definitely excited to talk about that one. You know I love my Tiago Santos. Oh, yeah. Claudia Goodell is fighting. Yeah. It's a good one. But we'll do that on Friday. But, Dom, yeah. tell the good people where they can find you on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Diesley14. Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, B-A-J underscore MMA podcast. As for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram, at NTBaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree where you can find links to all the social media platforms that the podcast is on, along with all of the platforms that the podcast itself is on. Twitter, Instagram's on there, along with the YouTube channel, Anchor page, Spotify, Apple, Google, and a link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast that just provides us with a little bit of monetary support each month. All that money just gets put back into the podcast to improve the audio equipment to down the line do a video podcast. Just some fun things. But as always, we appreciate your support no matter how much or how little money you give us. But again, if you go to my Twitter or Instagram, at NTBaker underscore, you'll find that link in my bio. But with that, we're out, and we're going to see you all on...